Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how is it going? How was the weekend? The weekend was great. Um, a lot of cool stuff happened this weekend. We had the Euro Cup, which mm-hmm. England did not win, which made nope. my husband very sad um, as he's English. Um, and a bunch of a bunch of cool stuff happened in space in the space world. Oh yeah, Charles Bronson. I think that's his name. Is that his name? Uh, uh, Charles Branson. Branson. Yes, I guess Charles Bronson's the actor. <laughs> no, so Charles it's, Branson. It's, it's uh, it's Richard Branson. So we were both incorrect. Right there, we go. Richard Branson would not of Death Wish of, but yes, of Virgin Airlines. He uh, made it to space. He did. Yeah, that's right. Which is which is really cool. It's very exciting that that is um, kind of uh, kismet around you know what one of the movies that we're that we're going to be deep diving into this uh, this month and this week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we uh, we went to space last week for Independence Day. We're uh, heading to space today, and I think we have another uh, space film in the works here this month too. So yeah, a lot of a lot of space time. So uh, good for. You know, Mr. Branson getting to space. Is that something you would do if you had like a billion dollars? Would you just decide to go to space or? You know, you know I, I I don't mean to sound holier than thou here, but I think if I had that much money, I think I'd spend it on like making sure children don't go hungry mm. uh, rather than putting a rocket ship to Mars or wherever he went. But I, I do think that the math is really cool. Um, which is also what we're, what we're the movie that we're going to be talking about, right. Is all about the math that took us to the stars. And so I I think that's really neat that, you know, he's investing in a lot of science. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I'd probably, you know, first I'd, I'd, I'd get a big movie theater and I'd just watch movies all day, but then I would solve things like world hunger and. Oh, okay. So, so movie theater and then uh, puppies, ice cream cones, child hunger, all that good stuff is how yes. you're spending your money. Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so what did I get up to this weekend? Um, let's see. So watch, watch the Euros is very, very sad day. Like you said, for, for your husband and other people that were uh, cheering for England, but I guess it's a good day if you were cheering for Italy. So uh, no matter which team you were cheering for, the sun came up this morning and uh, we'll, go about our business and uh, tune into the Euros next time to see who can prevail. And I did actually watch a movie over the weekend, watched Cruella, uh, picked that one up on the uh, Disney, the early access, didn't go out to the theater to see it, but wanted to check it out. I'd heard some good things. So uh, rented that or, you know, pre-purchased it or uh, whatever they're calling it there on Disney and, and watch that. And I have to say it was really good. I was um, from what I'd heard, I was expecting it to be pretty good. Emma Stone's in it. She's excellent. And uh, it was a really good story and interesting. And it's probably going to win the Oscar for best costume. So there you go. Well, that's exciting. I uh, love anything that Emma Stone touches. Um, so I have to see it. I am a little concerned about the the whole, I guess, the humanizing of the villains in um, a lot of the Disney films. So I loved Maleficent. But and now we're seeing Cruella. So I think, you know, we're kind of on this kick of maybe someone looks evil, but they're not really evil. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I don't know exactly how they're going to do that with Cruella, because when you think about the first, you know, the first 101 Dalmatians, uh, it's pretty scary. So I, I, we'll see. I'm excited to see her do it. Um, the previews, whoever made the previews um, and put the, and mashed them up together, it looks amazing. And I agree with you. I think it's going to win uh, an Oscar for best costume design for sure. Cause it looks amazing or at least best makeup because she mm-hmm. just, she rocks it. I mean, that whole, that whole world is, is pretty great. So yeah, it's it's really cool. So I'd I'd recommend you know if if it's something you're interested in, I think it, it was well worth the uh, money to check out. So I uh, got into that over the weekend, and yeah, then with the uh, you know the space launch and all that stuff been going on, you know, I've just been I've been thinking to myself, you know, maybe I also I just really want to go to space. Yeah, I mean, going to space is real cool. It is real cool. But if we're gonna do uh, a space mission. We're going to have to do a lot of math. Yeah, we are going and to have to do a lot of math for sure. A lot of math. And we're going to we're going to need a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to need a group of amazingly brilliant women to help do this math to get us there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because yeah. even though I have a math degree, I, I ain't that smart. Those, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so these ladies are next level. So we better uh, take a quick break. We'll, uh, we can take care of the cocktail part, but then we'll have to check back in uh, with these ladies if we're going to get to space. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about this week's cocktail. So this week's cocktail comes from a website slash blog, uh, just called the Cocktail Maven. And it gets its inspiration from one of these brilliant women that um, help us actually got safely into space a couple of times over the course of the space program in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the blog's really cool, right? It's um, at least this section of it was just dedicated to uh, some uh, pretty amazing women. And this one is dedicated to none other than the main uh, the leading of this group of women. I don't, I don't know if she's really the lead. I, they're all pretty equally brilliant and talented and important to what we had going on in space. Uh, but this one is named the Catherine after, after Catherine Johnson, uh, who is a mathematician, uh, worked for NASA and, you know, is one of the key players here in the film that we're going to be talking about this week, hidden figures. Uh, and this cocktail is interesting. It used a liquor that I don't think either of us had ever heard of, Michaela. It's Afino Chieto. Yep. Never heard of it. Have no idea what it is. What is <laughs> yeah, it, Brian? So, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'd never heard of it either. So I immediately went to Google and typed it in. And as it turns out, is a fennel liqueur. Um, it's I don't, I don't know how hard it is to come by in all areas of the world, but I looked it up here and there were two liquor stores and like the whole surrounding area of myself that had it. So I went and picked up a bottle and uh, yeah, it's just a fennel liqueur. If you're not familiar with fennel, it's uh, very like black licorice tasting. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of black licorice, but this one, it's it's pretty good. It's not like boom, punch you in the face kind of thing. It's it's mm-hmm. a little bit more subtle and uh, it, it smelled great in the bottle. So I was interested to give it a try here in the cocktail. Yeah, yeah. And I am, I am not a fan of licorice. So I was, when I, when I figured out what this is and you educated me on, educated it. Wow. When you mm-hmm. educated me on what it was, uh, I got very unexcited because <laughs> the rest of this cocktail sounds amazing, but I'm not a big fan of licorice. So I was a little worried that I would not love this and it would be um, sad. I would be sad. 
Yeah. So let's go over the ingredients here for the Catherine. So it's going to be three quarters of an ounce of the Finocchietto and one and a half ounces of gin. Uh, they recommend using botanist in the recipe, which is the one that we used. It's from Scotland. And then three quarters of an ounce of grenadine syrup. Now you could buy it or you could make your own uh, on the, uh, the Cocktail Maven's website. They had a recipe to make your own. So uh, we went that route. So you basically are going to take two cups of pomegranate juice, two cups of sugar, um, and you're just making a simple syrup out of this pomegranate juice. But then you kind of like after, after the sugar gets dissolved, you put in a quarter cup of pomegranate molasses and then a teaspoon of orange blossom water, which you can get at like your fancy or like grocery stores or fancy like drug stores and uh, things uh, like that, um, which is where I picked mine up at the fresh market. So uh, you can do that. And then if you want to make your own grenadine and uh, and then you're going to add three dashes of lavender bitters and to a cocktail shaker, give that a stir um, over ice, and then you strain it out into like a rocks glass with a big ice cube and you're good to go. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it's a beautiful drink. It's like this dark ruby red, probably because you made the grenadine syrup um, and it was amazing. I highly recommend dr- making your own syrups if you can, boy, gentlemen mm. and ladies. It's awesome. It's so much better than the store-bought stuff. Now, the pomegranate molasses, you had me mm-hmm. there. Is that something that you can find, or did you have to make that as well? So I I did not find any at my store. I think you could you could probably find it if you had a you know, a fancier uh, shop you were looking at that might've had, you know, a bunch of different kinds of uh, molasses and jams and syrups. The, the grocery store I went to uh, didn't have any. So I actually ended up making my own. So I just took um, two cups of pomegranate juice and just boiled it down until it was uh, about a quarter of a cup of, you know, syrup. So, you know, highly reduced. So, and I think you're just adding that kind of at the tail end, it just gives the um, syrup a little bit more body because uh, simple syrup's not super syrupy, uh, but you mm-hmm. want grenadine to have a little bit more of that kind of, you know, tongue coating uh, mm-hmm. syrupiness to yeah, it. The so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's where that comes in. Oh, neat. Okay. Well, I have to say the the homemade grenadine syrup it's totally amazing. Um, I'm so glad that you went to all the <laughs> effort to do it. It's it's amazing and. Um, I recommend it to everybody it, making your own rather than buying the cheap, the, the store-bought stuff. Cause it's, it, it, it definitely added a different dimension to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it came together pretty easy. And on, on the website there, they uh, say that it'll keep in the refrigerator for about a month and you got quite a bit out of it. So, you know, you end up with, with about four cups of it. So it's, it's quite a bit of the grenadine. So yeah, well worth it if you're interested in making your own kind of cocktail ingredients and your own simple syrups and stuff like that anyways. So uh, yeah. worth the, worth the time to do, but yeah, made this, it's beautiful. It has kind of this like, like dark Ruby uh, kind of color to it. Um, looked really great in the glass and it was pretty delicious. I was, uh, I was pretty happy with this one, Michaela. Yeah. This was really surprising to me uh, because I was, again, I was really sad when I understood what fi- finocchietto, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. When I understood what that liqueur was, because I am really not a fan of licorice, but mm-hmm. it's just enough. Um, you taste it, but mixed with the gin. And of course this beautiful grenadine syrup, it's just awesome. Um, 
You even get um, the lavender bitters is really neat. I'd never seen lavender bitters before. So this was like a whole new um, door opening experience for me in my mouth. And I thought it was really lovely. Um, it's very beautiful. And it felt, even though it's, um, you know, took some time to make the, the syrup, it mm -hmm. really is not a hard drink to make. It's three ingredients and some and some drops of bitters on top, right? So yep. I think it's an everyday kind of drink that that is really feels quite um highbrow, right? Yeah. It's very it, intelligent. It's a very intelligent drink. That's right. Just just like uh its namesake, uh Catherine there in the film. So yeah, why don't we take a quick break? We've got our Catherine's made up. And we'll be right back to talk about Catherine and the film Hidden Figures. Spoiler warning for Hidden Figures. If you've not yet seen this film, press pause, go make yourself up a Catherine, and then get out a pen and paper, actually a pencil, and calculate the reentry point using parabolic versus hyperparabolic orbit metrics. And if you can do that, then you should probably not watch this film because you're smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you should watch the film but then you, you should, should definitely uh, watch the film you should uh but the mass parts it. of the film are going to be like totally boring to you <laughs> and they're super fascinating to us normal people yeah for sure for sure so if you've not seen this yeah you definitely should it's on disney plus so if you have disney plus you can go watch it whenever you want but this film came out in 2016 and it was directed by theodore melfi and it stars taraji p henson octavia spencer and Janelle Monet. So they play kind of this uh, trio of really brilliant ladies in this film. And then there's, you know, a handful of other really great actors. And we'll kind of, you know, mention them as we go through the movie here. Um, and this, Michaela, was nominated for three Oscars. It sure was. It was nominated for Best Picture, which it resoundly deserved. Um, I'm so glad that it was nominated. Um, mm -hmm. It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. And it was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress, um, but uh, Octavia Spencer did not win. Uh, Viola Davis won the Supporting Actress Award that year. Yes. Okay. So uh, Octavia Spencer, I think she might have won the year or two before then for The Help. Uh, that is possible. Yeah. The Help came out in what, like 2014, I think, mm -hmm. maybe? So. Uh, yep, she has. Yeah, she has the Oscar. I just win, want so. Octavia Spencer to win everything. That's that's my problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she was brilliant in this. So. Yeah, she she is brilliant in this, and she's in Shape of Water. So there you go. She has three uh, Oscar nominations. So. She sure does. All right. Well, let's dive into the movie here. So it gets uh, gets started out, and it says right across the screen that this is based on true events, and it's going to pick up in 1926 in West Virginia. And you have a very young Catherine uh, kind of walking through the, uh, I guess, park or the parking lot or something. She's counting like the squares and she's counting all of the prime numbers. Um, then it kind of flashes, you know, back and forth between her parents talking to the school and her doing like this crazy mathematical calculation on the chalkboard. All of like the faculty and students are watching her do this, like completely amazed. Um, and we find out that Catherine's in the sixth grade, but they basically are ready for her to be in college now, right? She's she's like genius level on this yeah. stuff. Yeah, she she actually ends up graduating uh, high school uh, at like fifteen. Uh, Catherine uh, Johnson is is her name uh, for most of this film, anyway. And 
she is brilliant at uh, doing what we would call mental mental math and pen and paper math because mm -hmm. uh, this was back when they had calculators, but it was nothing like we have now, right? Um, and she is brilliant, and she uh, her parents were a little concerned, right? They they're wondering if she's you know if this is the right move for her, and they really think that this is her time, so uh, they mm -hmm. go ahead and let her uh, move up very quickly. Uh, up the school ranks. And so they end up, um, she ends up working for NASA in 1961, which is when the bulk of this film sort of begins. Yeah. So we kind of fast forward from, you know, her as a child to her growing up and we get kind of this uh, trio of these women who are all working at NASA. So we have Catherine who we'd uh, met. And then we also have Dorothy and Mary and they're on the side of the road. The car is broken down. Um, unfortunately there's a police car rolling up. You think that's probably not good. And at the start of this, it's not going that good, but once the uh, officer finds out that they work for NASA and, you know, these women are really just kind of trying to help the American effort to, you know, beat the Russians into space. He, uh, softens his tone a little bit on them and, you know, offers to give them an escort into the, uh, the NASA campus, I guess, but, uh, it's sort of sets the tone right away, right. That these are three uh, women of color in a place that's, you know, not very many of them. And it, you know, it sets the tone that they are, they're kind of all alone in, in this place. Right. Yeah, they definitely uh, show a lot of fear when the police officer stops them. They actually, they were stopped. They were broken down on the side of the road and the police officer just kind of ha happens upon them. And, you know, thinking about my own privilege, right? I, I don't think I'd be scared at all if a police officer stopped and was like, hey, what's going on in this day and age, right? I wouldn't be concerned, but they are um, uh, terrified and very nervous um, mm -hmm. because they don't want to get harassed. And of course, they the they start, they try to explain what's gone on and the officer um, gives them a, quite a bit of attitude and starts to kind of give them the third degree. But then they do say, hey, you know, we work for NASA and he seems really surprised at that. Um, but he does mm -hmm. offer them a, a trip in uh, and he, you know, has his signal going and, and they are riding right up behind him uh, going real fast because they don't want to be late to work. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's kind of a fun scene because you see that um, Dorothy Vaughn is played by Octavia Spencer and she's got a very mechanical mind. And, you know, Catherine, who's the little girl, she's all grown up now. And we see um, her kind of staring off into space, thinking about things. And she's, you know, you can tell she's thinking about numbers that <laughs> she's got to calculate later. And then there's Mary Jackson, who's kind of got an engineering focus. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of doing their part, trying to figure out what's wrong with the car. And um, Dorothy Vaughn is like, oh, I'm sure it's the starter. We got to just, we, you know, I'm going to spark park it. And she ends up making it work. And <laughs> it's really kind of a cool scene because there's no way I'd be able to do any of that. It was pretty neat. Yeah. So, uh, but they do, you know, you know, kind of crisis averted there. Uh, no unfortunate run-ins with the police. They get into NASA and uh, we're going to see, it's kind of in mission control. Uh, we see Al Harrison, who's played by Kevin Costner, you know, kind of running around this room. And then there's like a, a briefing because we're just getting word that the Russians have gotten Sputnik into orbit. Not Russia. No, this is back in the day when Russia was evil and horrible. And we were in this race uh, part of American history, if you didn't know, um, there was a race to space 
And it was very much thought of that the people that whoever, you know, landed on other planets or landed on other places would, would get to control what was going on. So it was a race against time. And Sputnik mm -hmm. had just gone in orbit. Sputnik was a, um, uh, a rocket. Yeah. So, so Sputnik was an orbiting satellite. So it was the first man-made object to successfully launch into space and get there. But yeah, they were getting ready to send up a dog and, you know, that's sending panic through the, you know, the offices at NASA, right? So the Russians have officially beaten us into space. Um, so the space race is on, uh, kind of walking through the halls of NASA. There's this big, gigantic, like house-sized empty room. Uh, we find out that that's where the IBM is going, the <laughs> international business machine, also known as a computer, but this thing is going to be massive. And what do we, what do we need to get, you know, uh, spaceships and rockets and satellites and, you know, hopefully people up into space is we need mathematicians. Right. Yeah, Kevin Costner is looking at this empty room and they're trying to figure out uh, when this big IBM is going to be operational and it's going to be weeks and weeks. They have no idea how long it's going to take. And he says, mm -hmm. well, get me a computer. And the first time you hear it, you think, well, maybe they mean uh, an IBM, but he really just means a mathematician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, speaking about a person uh, being a computer, uh, right. and that person is going to end up being Catherine, and uh, they will make mention of her as being a computer throughout the film. So that's kind of where that, you know, uh, nomenclature comes from, I guess. But mm -hmm. so so we're in kind of we're in kind of this office uh, with a lot of women in there, uh, mathematicians, engineers, scientists. Uh, it's kind of like this, you know, free labor pool, I guess of. Uh, people working at NASA that, uh, you know, all all women, all women of color, and they're all in there just kind of waiting for their assignment. So whoever, whatever department needs needs help or needs a bright mind, uh, it it didn't seem to me that these women were like officially on staff as NASA employees. They just were uh, kind of there to kind of go and do these little like contract gigs as departments needed them. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because as you see them walking through um, the property that makes up the NASA kind of space area um, in Virginia, they see that there's a West Campus and an East Campus. And not only are these women on the West Campus, but they're in like this basement area. So they're going down these very um, large, uh, steep, concrete stairs. You see these stairs a lot. And I thought it was interesting, an interesting way to show kind of where um, the status of these incredibly smart women were, um, you know, what the perception was of, of who they really, where they belonged um, on, in the space program, right? Is they were kind of tucked away in mm -hmm. this building. And, um, you know, we get to see Vivian Mitchell, who's played by Kirsten Dunst. Um, first, she is uh, kind of overseeing all of the computers and by computers, I mean, people, um, mm -hmm. both on the West campus, which is all the women of color. And then the East campus, which are, I guess, are not women of color. And so she is having a conversation with Dorothy. Um, Dorothy has asked, uh, again, if there's been any update on promoting her to supervisor, because she's been acting as the supervisor role, um, for over a year now. There was a woman who had gotten sick and left the business um, and she had kind of filled those shoes. And she said, hey, you know, is there any opportunity for me to actually be a supervisor? I'm organizing things, but I don't have the title. I don't have the pay. And, um, you know, uh, 
Kristen Dunst's character kind of puts her aside and says, you know, I, I don't know when that's ever going to happen. Um, you know, I, I have no answer. And it was really frustrating for Dorothy. Yeah. And we don't ever really find out what uh, Vivian Mitchell's like actual job is, but presumably she's some sort of like HR representative kind of yeah. thing or something like that. You get the, get the feeling of, but yeah, Dorothy's, you know, going to continually get passed over for this, you know, kind of permanent supervisory role. Like I said, none of these women really seem like they have actual <laughs> jobs at NASA. They're just kind of there to, to fill in as needed. Uh, but Vivian's there to uh, get a couple of these ladies. So she gets Mary and she's going to go off to do some uh, engineering work and she gets Catherine who's off to uh, do some mathematical work. So we follow Mary and we get to learn a little bit more about her. She's walking through uh, it's like the space capsule. It's in this thing and she gets into the room and it starts counting down immediately because they're getting ready to do like a re-entry test to fire up these big wind turbines. <laughs> you know, her heel gets stuck so she has to lose her heel, but she abandons it, gets out of the out of the room right as this uh, wind tunnel, you know, kicks up and there's a problem with this pod. You know, it's losing all of its uh, protection upon re-entry. So she's kind of looking at it out there with the, I get the head scientist, head engineer guy. Um, and he's asking her about it and she tells him, you know, that, you know, these panels are coming off and we could, you know, double the weight here on these straps and that's not going to be a problem. And he's like, that's really brilliant. You should apply to be an engineer. And she says something, you know, very poignant. She's like, I'm a black woman. I'm not going to entertain the impossible. Uh, you know, to which he responds, he's like, well, you still should apply. He's like, if you were a white man, you'd want to be an engineer, right? And she said, if I was a white man, I would already be an engineer. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great scene. Um, and it kind of toggles between her and Catherine. Catherine is on her way. Um, uh, she has to take quite a walk because she, again, her original kind of station is on the west side or the west campus um, and so she has to walk about half a mile over to, um, the East side where Harrison and his team are. And, mm -hmm. um, she immediately walks in and, um, she's standing there kind of looking around to see where she, where she going to sit, trying to figure out, you know, get her bearings. And someone just puts a trash can, uh, and hands her a trash can and says, you forgot to, this wasn't filled or this wasn't, um, this wasn't taken out yesterday. And she, it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the maid. Like what, what is that? And um, but she, she kind of takes it in stride, but you can tell it's hurtful. It's a hurtful assumption that somebody made, right. That just mm -hmm. because she's a person of color and a woman, cause there's, there doesn't look like there's any other women in this room at the time that, you know, that she's obviously not there to do any, you know, um, quote unquote, substantial work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, everybody's kind of looking at her because she's standing there with this trash can and she puts the trash can down and um, she's not there to uh, take out the trash. She's there to do some geometry. <laughs> so um, they yep. want her to do some double checks on uh, some of the other engineers' uh, calculations. Mm -hmm. Yes, she's there to kind of act as a, you know, a fact checker for one of the other mathematicians there. So, so we'll see in the one that she has, you know, the kind of main interactions with through the film is a mathematician uh, by the name of Paul Stafford. And he's played really well by Jim Parsons from 
uh, Big Bang Theory. Um, so she's, you know, getting his numbers to go over, but uh, he's, you know, redacting all of the data from these numbers, right? Because it's all classified. So, you know, she's looking at this thing like, are you serious? How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to do math? You're, you know, covered up like half the numbers. I don't understand what any of these numbers like correlate to um, or anything, but, you know, she's, uh, she's trying to do it and they're in a bit of a time crunch because the uh, Mercury 7 are coming in one week. So, the Mercury 7, if you don't know, that was the, the original batch of astronauts that were coming in to uh, get these uh, NASA programs going. So they have basically a week to get these numbers sorted. And then right. kind of one of the uh, kind of one of the big drivers here for, you know, Catherine and, um, you know, Al Harrison's character is, you know, Catherine, human being, has to go to the bathroom, but there aren't any bathrooms for uh, women of color in this wing, right? Because there aren't any that work there. So she has to go all the way back across to the other campus uh, to go. And this is going to, you know, sprout up several times until she's kind of, you know, at her wit's end with this thing. Right. Yeah. As they're walking her in, um, as Kristen, Kristen Dunst's character is walking her in, she says, hey, here's the you know, we have a dress code, you know, you have to wear shirt skirts below the knee. Um, you're not allowed to use, there's the handy bike um, that the men use because they're in pants, but she's not allowed to really use that. Um, mm -hmm. She can wear a simple string of pearls. That's the only jewelry that she's allowed to have because we don't want it to be distracting. And um, they're, they're really interested in what she's going to look like and what she's going to wear, but not where she can go to the bathroom. And it's a really tough scene because she asks the only other woman in the room who's, mm -hmm. who's kind of like an admin. I feel like she is. Yeah, she's um, like the personal assistant or something for, yeah. for Al Harrison. Yeah, And you would think that, you know, as women, you would have this camaraderie of, hey, we all got to go to the bathroom. And she says, where, where is my, where's the bathroom? And she is on the phone. She looks up at her and in this really cold calculating voice says, I have no idea where your bathroom is. And so, you know, there's this whole big to do where she's, she tries to make her way to the quote unquote white bathroom and there's people in it. And so she doesn't want to get in trouble because she could get fired by going into the wrong bathroom. So she ends up running across the the entire campus to go to the bathroom and she's taking stuff with her so that she can pee and calculate <laughs> at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is really hard to watch. Um, it's, it's really tough, but she feels that that's what she has to do in order to meet her deadlines and also um, do her business as a human being, like go to a bathroom. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the very first day, Harris comes and he sees that she's not at her desk and he's expecting her to be. So he's asking kind of around, hey, has anybody seen her? Where's the girl? Uh, doesn't even use her name, but just says, where's the girl? And they said, oh, she's on a break. And he's kind of incredulous because they have no time, right? Mm -hmm. And the, this guy played by Kevin Costner is apparently really hard to please anyway. I mean, Vivian has let Catherine know that they've had you know half a dozen computers come in and uh, it not be a fit in about the same amount of months, right? So, you know, Catherine is fully expecting to, to get fired anyway, <laughs> because it's going to be a really hard job, not to mm -hmm. mention all this extra stuff that she's got to go through. Yeah, so it's it's not a not a great first day for her, but, you know, she's doing her best. And then at the end of the day, you know, she, her and um, Al Harrison are the only two that are left, you know, kind of in this office. And she goes, she goes up to turn in the, the you know, math that she's been 
uh, going over and double checking all day. And uh, he basically just takes it and throws it in the garbage can. He's like, he's like, these numbers are old now. He's like, the stuff's changing like every five minutes. He, you know, this is of no use. So she just, you know, spent her an entire day and evening working on these numbers now that are that are obsolete, which um, is, it seems cold, but that's probably 100% accurate as to what was going on because, you know, they didn't really have any idea what they were doing. So these right. numbers probably were changing uh, yeah. that fast. But yeah, it's it's frustrating to, you know, see her getting put kind of through the ringer here on this yeah. first day. And then, um, so the day's over, it's time to head home. Uh, Dorothy and Mary kind of waited for her to give her a ride home. They take her home and drop her off and we find out she's living there with her mother and she is uh and Catherine is the mom to three girls and we find out that uh their dad her husband had passed away and um it's really sad the I think it's the older of the three girls is talking about you know they were doing like the uh the fallout drill at school that day you know because this is during the cold war we're very you know, scared of what the Russians are planning to do with this uh, Sputnik satellite that just got put into orbit, and uh, no one really knows what's going on, any any of this, but get a little glimpse into her uh, home and family life there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really, I don't know, as a mom, it was very hard, right, because she's trying to manage it all, right, and she has some help from her mom, but you can tell she really misses um, she misses her husband, um, who's passed away and these three little girls, they're brilliantly cute and sweet and they just love their mom. And, um, she's, she, you know, she's a little scared for them because they have to do these, these drills at school. Um, but she, you know, she kind of gets them all tucked in at night and, um, you know, you, you do really feel that she's doing, you know, on top of everything else that she has to do at work, she's just trying to keep things kind of floating at home, right? Keeping, mm-hmm. keeping things afloat. And um, she's a very active church life. So there's a really great um, scene where she and her coworkers are all at church and they're all dressed up. Um, they, they look amazing. Uh, the, the energy in the church is really great. And they're talking about making changes and how, you know, um, they talk a little bit about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and how he is making, you know, trying to make headways in a very peaceful way and further, um, you know, the equality that the they as, you know, people of color are seeking. And it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of neat um, to see that. And then we also are introduced to um, Colonel Jim Johnson, who is played by Mershala Ali. I'm hoping mm-hmm. I say that I'm saying that correctly. Who's amazing. Yep. Everything mm-hmm. he touches is gold. You should see all of his films. Um, so yes. um, he is, you know, kind of standing off at the side. He's a colonel. Uh, you know, the three ladies are at the buffet, you know, at the, at the end of the service, there's this beautiful kind of buffet spread laid out and they're all in their Sunday best kind of, you know, putting plates together and everyone is, you know, all the ladies are ooing and eyeing over Colonel Jim Johnson, because apparently he's a really good looking guy. Oh, yeah. and, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a tall drink of water, I believe. Is, I think so. Uh, how I Mary think that's what they him, said. So. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, the, the, some things we should not, we should not, change and we should call people a tall drink of water i think that is a that is something we should bring back brian because that that was awesome and um you know mary jackson is having an argument with her husband her husband is real um 
passionate about what's going on in the world in the mm-hmm. early 60s. And this is after Jim Crow, okay, just for context, but there's still a lot of segregation that is happening um, that people are fighting and actively fighting against. So you still have uh, people of color on the back of buses. Um, Segregation is still very much a thing that is happening. And so Mm -hmm. her, you know, her husband, Mary Jackson's husband is not being negative, but he's very concerned about, you know, Mary's uh, want to be an engineer and to, you know, um, you know, her work in general, right. He's just, I don't, I don't want to say he's negative. I I think, I honestly think he's coming from a place of just deep concern because he doesn't want her to get hurt. Um, or, you know, even put herself in danger because this was a time when people did crazy things because they just didn't want this group of people to achieve equality, which is horrible and awful, but he was, his fear was very real, I think, and justified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he, uh, the actor who plays her husband, um, is Aldous Hodge, who is also excellent. So you should go check out more of his stuff. He played, um, Jim Brown in, uh, one night in Miami, uh, this last year. So if, if you've seen that, so, uh, he's excellent too, but yeah, um, it, it felt like it was more of a place of, you know, overt precaution as, as much as it was, you know, not, not wanting her to have a job and, and be independent. It was, it was more of a, uh, uh, you know, a place of, you know, being, you know, rightfully fearful, but, um, but, you know, that kind of, that kind of ends up working out and, we get Catherine and uh, Colonel Jim Johnson get to spend a little bit of time together. Uh, they're walking uh, along and talking and, you know, she tells him that he works at NASA and he says uh, something to the effect of, I didn't know they let people like you work there, uh, which is not the right thing to say to someone, you know, in any circumstance, really. Yeah. Um, and she kind of, she kind of calls him out on it. She doesn't lean into him too hard about it because I think she knows that he, didn't really mean it the way that it came out, but she wasn't going to let him, you know, have a free pass on this one for sure. Right. Yeah. I love the way she kind of extends a little bit of grace and she handles it in a really graceful way, but also is very firm. And I often find, you know, myself, um, in, in times where someone is almost insulting to me, like, I don't know what to say. And she just does it beautifully. Um, because yeah, I don't think he meant it the way that it came out, but it definitely did not come out the right way. And he's, I like, it's obvious that he really likes her and would like to get to know her better. And this is definitely not the way to do it. So, um, yeah, yeah off it's, on, it's a off on, off on the wrong foot. Um, eh, but uh, yeah. there there yeah. might be there might be time for him to make that yeah. up. We'll we'll have to have to wait and see. But. Because right now, Mercury 7's arriving, right? So the astronauts are getting there. Like all of the right. people that work at NASA are outside, like at the at the hangar, like waiting to to meet them, to shake their hand. Um, and we get John Glenn and he's actually down kind of, you know, talking with these uh, ladies, which is really nice interacting with them. And uh, they mm-hmm. go in, they go into their jobs and Catherine goes into... Um, her office there where she's doing the the math and we saw her in on her first day she had uh poured herself a cup of coffee which everyone you know had to stop and take pause and watch her do this and then so when she gets to the office the second day uh she gets her own very special very terrible uh coffee pot because none of the people in her office want to share the coffee pot with her which is awful and uh she's back to work doing calculations on more redacted files 
Right. Because this was still in the days of segregation where you weren't even allowed to drink out of the same water fountain um, as a person of color. And so a um, they thought it was really, I mean, I guess they they were very surprised that she had the audacity to go and pour herself a cup of coffee. Um, mm-hmm. So this time they have made herself, uh, made her made a, a cup of coffee and they've put the word colored on the cup of coffee just so there's no confusion. And um, they didn't even fill it. So she's got to go like make her own coffee, which takes some time. And it, it again, it just goes to speak to the amount of treatment that, um, you know, she and very many other people had to deal with while, you know, trying to live their everyday lives and furthermore, you know, put a person in space safely. So um, that was, you know, that was really tough, but everybody, um, she ends up going to the board and starting to um, redo and recheck these calculations and people start to really look at her uh, differently, I think at this point. She's not happy about what she's having to put up with, but she goes in and um, she's starting to kind of draw out um, different trajectories and things like that. And it's, uh, it looks like it's, it's, she's, she's doing really well because mm-hmm. she can do, she can do computations that, uh, and I'm a math person. I've seen some very smart people and I, I'm just always in awe of this part of the, of the show because she was so, so brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. and able to do so much uh, to the right decimal. I mean, she did it all in her head. It was amazing. Yeah, so she's she's writing it out and everyone's definitely kind of stopped and taking notice of of what she's able to do um, there. And so we're going to, you know, kind of keep bouncing around, checking in with all of the the women here, our uh, trio of ladies and check it in. It's, you know, uh, lunchtime, they're walking by, you know, the IBM machine <laughs> is still not there. Um, they're still waiting for this thing to show up. And, you know, kind of the the math department, you know, knows they're kind of on borrowed time, at least they think, right? They're like, well, when this, when this computer gets here, then, you know, they don't need us anymore because the computer can do all these calculations. We won't have to, you know, have jobs here for us. So we need to start learning things that will, you know, make us indispensable for when that time comes. And we find out um, Mary has been encouraged by uh, kind of that uh, supervising engineer scientist guy to apply for the engineering role, right? Even though, you know, she said, you know, she wasn't going to entertain the impossible, but he kind of convinces her to do it. So uh, she applies for it, but she's told, you know, she's not uh, qualified for it because you have to have, I think it was a master's degree or something. She's like, none of the engineers, engineering guys have master's degree. What are you talking about? Well, that's, that's a new policy now, now that you've applied, right? So setting up more hurdles for, for her. So, you know, she's going to have to decide what to do and she's going to air these grievances uh, back home because we get uh, Catherine and Dorothy and Mary at home cooking dinner, uh, drinking some, uh, some homemade, I don't know if it was wine or uh, what a homemade brandy. It was, it was something homemade. It looked like fun. They were having a, they were having a grand time with it though. I know that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know it looked, it looked real good. Um, Yeah. This is a, it was a tough scene because Kristen Dunst's character is like, look, I don't make the rules. You know, I expect everybody, including you to follow the policies, you know, y'all are lucky to have jobs at all. And then she just walks away. And they're very quiet about it um, at the time because they all want to keep their jobs. But, you know, Dorothy 
um, kind of counsels Mary Jackson and says, look, if you want to do this, if you want to take the classes, if you want to go, because she has a couple of options, right? There's a class, there's a high school that offers these classes, but it's an all white high school and they, they're segregated. So she would need a court order in order to go and she'd, she'd need to stand up and, and, and actually really fight this with the law as well as um, take the classes in the first place. And so mm-hmm. Dorothy Vaughn's like, look, either stand up and do those things or, you know, stop, stop, you know, whinging about it. She's like, just do something. If you're mad, everybody can be mad, but like, stop, you know, stop complaining about it. Go be part of the solution. Um mm-hmm. And so, you know, now they're drinking and, you know, they're playing music and Mary Jackson has had quite a few and she's like, I really needed this. And this was great advice. And I, you know, this, this is awesome. And you can see them let their hair down a little bit, so to speak. And it's, um, it's nice. It's nice to see that there were some good times um, that they had, but that, you know, again, it, it was all about, you know, this camaraderie that these three women and, and probably all the computer women in that group mm-hmm, kind of sure. they all had to fight these same battles but they you know they needed they needed each other to kind of you know yeah like you said to let their hair down have some right uh relieve some stress and and things because yeah immediately after this uh night of you know fun and dinner and drinks it's back to the real world so dorothy's walking through town uh with a couple of her uh kids there um there's a protest going on uh, across the streets they kind of stop and are watching that for a minute um they walk by it's it's really this uh cool frame shot they kind of go in front of like one of those like sidewalk billboard kind of things and it's just mm-hmm. you know plastered with all of the uh uh kennedy uh you know the political signs for for him for the election and um and that but they're on their way to the library and you know, Dorothy's there. She's looking for a book. And uh, the very nice lady at the library, mm-hmm. you know, informs her that, uh, you know, the main section of the library isn't really for people like Dorothy. You know, uh, mm-hmm. people of color have they have their own little section they have of their the own library. Section. Yeah. Um, to which Dorothy says, well, they don't have the book that I want back there. So um, I'm going to be here in the library. And lady's like, I don't want any trouble. And Dorothy's like, I just want to get a book. What are you what are you talking about? So she's like, fine, I'll leave. And they go, they get on the bus to the back of the bus, of course. Um, but then Dorothy pulls out from her purse this this book, and it's about, you know, kind of making these computations for the uh, IBM it's machine, how to program things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um it's the and, first and- computer language of the world. It was Fortran. And and her boys are there, and one of them, you know, sees her pulling this book out and He's like, Ma, you stole that book. And she's like, my tax dollars paid for that book. So I can't steal it because I already paid for it. So That's right. That's right. We don't condone stealing, but I was really glad that she ended up getting the book because it becomes really important to her later. Um, uh, so, you know, she's all excited. She opens the book and it's all about, you know, how to program uh, and talk to computers. And you know what? I, I, I really love the visionary um, perspective that we that that they show throughout the film for Dorothy Vaughn because mm-hmm. she really um, the others are just kind of they're 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 pursuing their dreams and they're trying to make it work but she really sees her responsibility as this de facto supervisor to help all of these computers um, find and keep a job and so. Mm-hmm. It comes up later, which is really great, but we uh, we immediately move to a birthday party um, where uh, Colonel Johnson shows up again to see Catherine, and um, he 
you know, takes her uh, and has a little dance with her. Um, and uh, immediately there, there, it's kind of this party at night where um, there's a bunch of people dancing and there's probably a little drinking and he's, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, would you like to dance? And it's really sweet. Um, but they're listening to some really cool music. Um, and then it's um, cut off by the radio saying that uh, I'm going to say this name wrong. Yuri, Yuri Garrigan. And yeah. Yeah. Is... Yuri, G Yuri Gagarin first, yes. first human in space. That's uh, right. So, so Russia first, first, uh, first manned space flight uh, beat us again. So uh, that's not good. So the party, you know, it kind of, it kind of gets cut uh, a little bit short, but the party looked very fun. They're dancing, like you said, drinking, having a good time, but this is not the news you want to hear if you're mm -hmm. working for NASA. So uh, the scene kind of flashes over to NASA and you have uh, Kevin Costner's character, Al Harrison. He's, they're kind of talking to all of his uh, people. And he's like, he's like, they just got into space. He's like, that's, that's not good. We need to buckle down, get this done. Uh, call your, call your wives and tell them that uh, you're not going to be home from now <laughs> until this thing is done. Basically it's uh it's time to get to work. Right. I mean, and again, it's so sexist because he's like, call your wives, tell them that you love them and that you're not coming home. And of course, you know, Catherine Johnson's like, okay, I guess I'll go do that. Cause yeah. Um, but there, there is pretty much, there is a really funny scene around the IBM that's not working because not only it's not in the room yet because it can't fit in the room because apparently they're NASA, they're sending people into space or they want to send people in space, but they don't measure a door. And so they're like, we're going to have to break down like half of this wall in order to get the actual computer mm -hmm. in this ginormous empty room. And so uh, I, I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, you get kind uh, of a... it's, it's only a little terrifying <laughs> that we're going to try and send a person to space when we can't think about some well, of the simpler things in life. Well, the, well, that door probably predated the IBM. So, but yeah, they probably could have uh, measured it and at least planned ahead for this thing coming because it, you know, it probably cost like four hundred billion dollars or something back then. But yeah, it's kind of a cool montage. So you'll get like um, some flashes of like space testing you'll see like the astronaut sitting in that little chair that spins around and you know doing like some water tank tests and all this stuff you know versus them trying to get this uh, ibm computer <laughs> through the doorway um yeah. and we also get to see you know dorothy is starting to you know reading through this book trying to figure out how to uh program uh because you know the original these ibms it was uh, basically like a card it looked like a time card and you would just punch different holes on it and that's what the computer would read um so she's learning to you know how to figure that out how to get that going because no one seems to be able to figure it out so yeah, uh, even the ibm guys can't figure it out they're like looking at it and they're like we can't get it to like there's a line that should be showing up we can't get it to work and she goes in and is like do 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 do, do. here you go all right yeah they're like who, they're like who are you who is she she shouldn't be touching this and they're like oh wait she got it to work so uh that's good for her um good for mary because mary's filing the lawsuit she's going to petition the court to be able to go to this uh, segregated high school to get her you know a certificate or whatever she needs for uh to be able to apply for the engineering uh position but uh Catherine's not having quite as uh, good of a time at her position right now Right. Yeah. It's pouring outside. She needs to go to the bathroom. She takes a stack of notes um, that she needs to check and she runs across campus in the pouring rain, goes to the bathroom, 
There's no soap in the bathroom. There's no paper towels in the bathroom. And then she runs all the way back. And of course, this is maybe the second or third time that Harris, Kevin Costner's character, sees that she's not there. He's like, where is she? Where's the girl? I don't understand. She walks in. She's covered in in water, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and he, he grills her about it. He says, where have you been? And she's respectful at first. And she says, you know, I was in the bathroom. And he was like, in the bathroom? What do you do in the bathroom? And, and so she has to educate him on the fact that there is no bathroom in her building or any other building other than the West Campus building, which is half a mile away. And so she has to run for 20 minutes in order to just to just go pee. And, you know, she can't take the bikes um, that all the men can take because she would get in trouble because they have to, you know, dress a certain way. And she gets really passionate about it and says, mm-hmm. you know, you guys talk about a string of pearls. I can't afford a string of pearls. You guys do not pay um, people of color the same way that you pay non you know, I guess Caucasian people. And she says, you know, you don't even want me to drink from the same pot of coffee as anybody in this room. And everyone just kind of is watching and they stop and, and he is taken aback a little bit and she takes a breath and you think that um, she's walking herself off uh, the premises Mm -hmm. because she's pretty sure she's gotten fired. Right. And um, you know, and then the next scene, he, he kind of, you know, his character goes and looks at the coffee pot. He looks around at everybody. And, um, and then he goes and takes a, a sledgehammer to the, the women's bathroom uh, in the, on the West campus that is for people of color. And he says, no more of this. We're all going to pee in the same place. We all pee the same color. This is stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a beautiful scene. I love that it's there. Um, it is a little white savior-ish for me, and I don't actually think that that was historically accurate. And I just want to say that that that's that that I don't think Katherine Johnson actually did that, um, and I, I I don't think she needed a savior. I think that um, if in her interviews she said that she ended up just breaking the rules and peeing in the right bathroom that she should have been able to pee in the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I really love the scene because it really does show how um, you know perceptions of 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 what this segregation, this separate but equal thing really was absolutely not equal at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a it's it's a tough scene to watch, but you know, ultimately I guess it, you know, ends up in in the right place, you know, the place that it should have been the whole time. Yeah. So it, at least now she's able to, you know, go in and do her job just, you know, the same as everyone else. So uh so that's good. So uh, workday's over. Uh, she's having dinner with Jim. I guess Jim has uh, made up for his uh, kind of early snafu. So she's still, you know, entertaining, entertaining the uh, Colonel here. Um, so that's nice. They're having a nice moment together. And then we get to see um, they're setting up the, you know, kind of the next uh, rocket launch test. Um, the one that she's been double checking all this math on and it's a success. So uh, now it's time to go forward, right? So the Russians have beaten the Americans to space, but uh, we're going to, you know, beat them into, uh, you know, into the longest orbit and then ultimately to the moon. So, you know, you get the uh, newsreel of uh, JFK's, you know, very famous speech, you know, we choose to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Um, And we're going to do one more rocket launch, uh, manned rocket launch to go around and then onto the moon. 
Yeah, on to the moon. Um, yeah, there's a nice scene with um, Jim and Catherine together where they're doing dishes. He like, she she got sick because she was out in the rain for half the day. Um, so he brought her soup and he tells her, you know, I think I think it's about time that we uh, that we kissed, <laughs> which is so sweet. It's just, it's really sweet. He's really, he really likes her and she's kind of accepted. Um, mm-hmm uh, that they're, they're going to become a couple and she, you know, um, but she's kind of, she's very sweet about it. Cause she, you know, she had been married and her husband actually died of a brain tumor, um, that was inoperable. So she said, you know, it has, it's been so long since I've kissed anybody and, um, but they have a nice moment and their relationship is budding and, um, and that's juxtaposed against, uh, Mary Jackson's petition to attend the class, uh, that she desperately needs to, in order to get her, uh, engineering credentials, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, um, she's at the courthouse, right, for her trial date, and she goes in, and uh, you know, she says that she wants to go take these classes, and the judge is like, "Well, uh, you know, they ended segregation on a federal level, but here in Virginia, you know, we're still uh, upholding that. So too bad." And she asked to approach the bench, and to <laughs> my surprise, when I was watching the film, they <laughs> he let her do that, and uh, she went up and. You know, she talked a lot of reason to him and eventually he, he kind of caves on it and he's like, he's like, all right, you can go, but you know, just at night and, but you know, it's, it's a win. She'll take it. So she's going to get to go to uh, these classes and get her certification. So uh, she's moving on up, you know, on the next step to being a fully fledged engineer here at NASA. Yeah, it's a really good feeling. I get very teary when I watch her walk out of the courthouse because she's really excited she can hardly you know keep keep her composure and then when she gets out past the courtyard steps yeah you know she's like yeah it's it's really it's really great um again though it it feels um like you know two steps forward one step back because they don't just say hey go to the school they're like only the night classes because we can't possibly have you actually go during the day um and it's something that i think you know it's important for us to understand that all of these moves were very small and they took, they were mountains that had to be moved. And we would get in, you know, that, that whole group of people would get inches instead of, you know, really being brought up to where they should be. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was really, um, it was very educational in that way because it it made me think of all of the things that, you know, I totally take for granted, um, that someone had to go to court just to be able to go to the classes, not just not to go anytime they wanted, which is what we could do today, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so Catherine has, uh, been typing up all of these reports, um, for, uh, Jim Parsons character and, um, you know, he, oh gosh, you know, <laughs> um, Paul Stafford, I, I don't know if, uh, if this was real or not, but Jim Parsons does a really good, uh, job of playing someone that you don't like. Right. Um, yeah. he's very much like, if you can't do this, Catherine, we will find somebody that can. And it's a big point of contention between the two of them because things change so fast that even though she's checking things and she's doing a good job, you know, by the time she's finished checking them, the, the, the data has all changed. So she has to go and redo it all. And mm-hmm. she's the reason why um, that's a real problem is because she's not in the room when some of these decisions are made. So she's typing up a report. She puts her name on it because she wrote the report and typed it 
So it really should be 100% her name, but it's not. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, Paul Stafford gives yeah, he her- says, He says uh, computers can't write reports. Right, even though clearly they just did. We saw it happen. Um, yep. And, you know, she would, you know, Catherine has asked him, you know, can I get into the briefing room? Is there any way? And he's like, absolutely not. You don't have the clearance. You're a civilian. You're a woman. We've never had a woman. So we can't possibly change our minds on that. And so Mm -hmm. they kind of argue back and forth on this a couple of times. And then she asks him if she can start working on John Glenn's numbers, because John Glenn is the astronaut that they have chosen to be the first person to go and orbit um, the earth and then come back down. And that's a really big deal because that math, um, I would say the math existed, but we didn't know as humans what the math was going to look like and what the calculations were going to be to get him up and down safely. So Mm -hmm. she wanted to get a head start on that. And of course, he's like, absolutely not. I can do it. You know, there's a lot of other mathematicians that are not women and not people of color that can do it. And so um, Harrison kind of overhears this and she ends up bending Harrison's ear and he says, yeah, go ahead and get started. Um, and so, yeah, his, his big, um, his big point of contention was that all of that data was supposed to be classified and she didn't have classified clearance. So she's in there and, um, Al Harrison, you know, kind of looks at her. She's sitting down in a chair, like across from his desk and, you know, Jim Parsons characters in there, a couple other people. And he just kind of looks at her and he's like, are you a Russian spy? And she's like, no, I'm not Russian. He's like, all right, that's good enough for me. Get her, get her the information. So she's going to start uh, working on these numbers. And because NASA is going to suffer a little bit, uh, you know, kind of one last setback before John Glenn goes into orbit. So the, you know, that last kind of test flight was up. We sent, I think it was uh, Gus Grissom's flight um, up in the, uh, the Mercury capsule, goes up comes back down they get him but the capsule you know sinks to the bottom of the ocean so they kind of lose that they lose all of the data that it would have collected all of that stuff and there's a senate hearing you know about what's happening why aren't we you know we need to be able to find these capsules quicker you know you need to give us kind of a a you know a postage stamp size uh location to look for you know we can't scour the entire ocean that's that's too big of a space so uh, we need extra extra math out of Catherine for this uh, new problem that we have too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a real problem because again, they keep, she, she keeps handing over reports and they keep saying, oh, we've changed the window. We've made this change on the, uh, you know, to the actual capsule itself. And it's, she has to start all over again. Um, and um, it, it's really frustrating. Um so it, this is sort of, sort of uh, moves over into Dorothy's storyline. Um, Dorothy actually gets an assignment um, to help with the IBM because she's proven to all of the people within the IBM team that she's actually better at their job than they are and mm-hmm. can you know get results and can immediately see that what they put it together wrong. And um, so you know Vivian wants to give her a new assignment and she says I'm not I'm not actually going to take this unless all my people can come with me because they're ready um so she's been training all of um these women um in the computing lab on the west campus to you know learn Fortran and to be able to work the computer and um 
it's actually really beautiful because this is a great example of, we talk about women's empowerment and we talk about, you know, not lifting up the ladder behind you as you climb it, which um, people see and it's, it's really awful when it happens, but she's definitely, you know, making a longer table um, so everybody um, with her can, can join and better themselves. So, um, and continue to stay employed, which is always great. So that, that's a really cool scene. Um, and it's sort of juxtaposed, juxtaposed against Catherine, um, who uh, is once again at the chalkboard, looking at this trajectory, trying to get it to work, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, she's, she's at the, uh, at the chalkboard trying to work out, you know, how to get how to get the ship back. And uh, they do a good job of kind of explaining what she's trying to do, right? Because the math wouldn't make sense to any sort of normal person. But basically, the, the, the space flight, it goes up and then it goes like in the circle around Earth, but eventually you need mm -hmm. it to stop making that circle and make like a small circle the opposite direction and get the get the uh, capsule to come back down. So she's trying to work out how to do that. Um, and uh, Catherine being the genius that she is, she figures it out. So uh, that's pretty great. Um, we see her- Uses Euler's method. It's amazing. And it's very old math. It's up, yeah, it's apparently very old math. Um, and so against that, you get Mary. She's getting ready to uh, go into class. It's a really great scene. She kind of walks in and it's, you know, just a bunch of white guys there at the engineering thing. And, you know, she kind of comes in, everyone stops and looks at her and they're like, you know, what are you doing here? But she gives, you know, gives the uh, paper from from her uh, court hearing there that says she's she's allowed to go and, you know, takes her seat right in the front. She asks, you know, where should I sit in the back or just anywhere? And, you know, the teacher doesn't really respond. So she, you know, sits front and center, which is pretty awesome. So, you know, she's on her way there to get this education. Um, and then, you know, uh, Dorothy has probably a, you know, one of the, one of the better run-ins with uh, Vivian, our uh, HR lady here in the bathroom, you know, and Vivian's like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy. You finally, finally got that promotion. That, that just makes me so happy. Right. Yes, Vivian. It yes. And you know, she <clears throat> Vivian, I, I really like this exchange because I think it really shows what we see, what we definitely saw then, but we also see today, where Vivian tries to talk to Dorothy and say, you know, I really don't have a problem with you people. And she says it almost just like that. <laughs> and Dorothy says, you know, I really believe that you believe that. <laughs> You know, and um, it's a very, and I, I've, I've said this before, it's a very graceful way of making the point that, you know, you might, you, you, you might believe that, but you don't really, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of systemic racism that, that has come to play in this whole thing. So even, even if you're cl claiming to be an ally, to turn a blind eye to all of these things is, mm -hmm. um, is not actions of an ally. So um I thought it was really well done. Um, it was very, um, it, it was, I, I felt it. I definitely, um, it resonated with me um, as, as a person of privilege, right? That I was like, oh yeah, I'm an ally. And it's like, oh, am I? Wow, okay, yes, yeah. this, is, this is very good. It's very good. It's good conversation. It's good. Um, yeah. And meantime, Catherine, you know, she comes home and um, there's a very fancy dinner going on. She, it's really late. Um, She's, it's like dark. She's saying goodnight to people. They're, they're going into bed. She's coming home and, 
there's dinner on the table and all her girls are all dressed up. And she's like, did I miss someone's birthday? And she's about to cry because she thinks she missed someone's birthday, which is a totally like single mom thing to do, um, to fret about things like that. And her mom's there. And then all of a sudden, Colonel Jim Johnson, he shows up and he sits next to her and she realizes that there's a, um, there's a ring, a box, ring box on the table. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a very lovely moment there. And, you know, he, he says, you know, something along the lines of, I had to make sure that uh, your girls were okay with it first before I could ask you. And then, you know, Catherine's uh, saying yes before he can even uh, propose. And uh, it's, it's pretty sweet. So they're, they're getting proposed. So about to, about to get married. Um, which is nice. And she's going to finally get her pearls. So as we mentioned a little bit earlier, the uh, IBM machine was coming in and everyone, you know, working kind of in the uh, math department knew that once that was up and running, that they were all pretty much going to be out of a job because the computer can do math. It can do it, you know, faster and uh, supposedly more accurate. Uh, So, you know, they're kind of all on their way out. So Catherine, you know, loses this assignment in the uh, math department, uh, but on her way out, the um, the other woman that was working in the department there, kind of the, you know, the uh, assistant to uh, Kevin Costner's character, uh, Al Harrison, comes up and hands her a box and it's pearls. And she's like, these are, you know, from everyone in the office, Mr. Harrison kind of, you know, led the way for these. So she she gets her pearls, which which is nice. I guess it's a nice gesture that they, they would have uh, gotten or something after all of the uh, turmoil and then all of the work and uh, genius that she, you know, lent to this department basically uh, saved their butts. But uh, she has her pearls and it's time to get married. So Catherine is now Catherine Johnson. Right. Yeah, it's a great scene. And of course, these these ladies, right, they're they're there for her. They were there for her during her her first wedding. So they kind of tease her a little bit and they're like, oh, your body's changed a little bit after three kids. And and but you look great. And this is so awesome. And and it's really nice. So, um, you know, the next scene that we have is um, directly after um, kind of her marriage. And um, it's it's go time. Right. John Glenn's about to get. Uh, go into orbit and they're doing their final checks and you know um, Harrison Al Harrison is looking at these numbers and he's like wait a minute is the 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 site landing coordinates do not match what they should match they don't Mm -hmm. match they're different than they were the day before and they didn't change anything so they're like what's going on and so Jim Parsons you know character um, looks at it and he he Paul Stafford is like I I, I, this seems to be wrong. This is wrong. And, you know, Al Harrison is like, well, which was it wrong yesterday or is it wrong today? Do we know anything? What's going on? And so now there's a whole bunch of credibility issues. They don't believe anything that the IBM has been spitting out. And so um, they talk to John Glenn, John Glenn, he's on the phone and he's literally like, they're about to wheel him onto this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I don't feel real comfortable with this. He says, but uh, get the girl to check the numbers. And Al Harrison says, the girl, and he says, yeah, the smart one, which was really cool. And that actually did happen. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't call her anything else. He said, I want the smart one to do it because that was the thing that was most important to him was her brain and not the color of her skin. So um, they go and grab her, even though, you know, her assignments kind of ended, Um, you know, they're all the women on the West campus, right. They're all kind of huddled around this TV 
because they're watching the news and the news is saying that there's the launch is about to happen. And this guy runs in and says, I need you to check these numbers. And so then they all huddle around her as she's looking with these numbers with a pencil and her brain. And she does it like in a, a record amount of time. She says, here's the coordinates. Here's what's going to happen. And um, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. And so it get it starts to like cut back and forth. So you have like John Glenn, like going out through the, through the hangar, which looks really cool. Cause he's in his little like a uh, astronaut suit and he's walking in. It's just like this huge, big backlit open, open bay door. So him walking across and then you have Catherine and this other guy from the math department, like running all the way, you know, back across trying to get to the mission control room to get these numbers turned in and they finally get there. Right. So the guy goes in, uh, takes the numbers and, Catherine's uh, not allowed in so she just kind of stands there and, and looks at the door for you know kind of a moment before she turns around and starts walking away but you know uh, Sir Harrison he he kind of comes out and has a lanyard for her and he's like here I got this get in so you know he pulls her in so she's in the uh, mission control room as uh, John Glenn's uh, mission is you know underway right he's already up in orbit at this at this point but they're trying to decide if they need to leave him up there or if they need to go ahead and uh have him initiate the uh, return sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, again, I, I don't know how much of that was real. I think there was some, you know, artistic license with this. Um, but it, it, it was nice to see that because uh, she really, they, they like slam the door in her face. She like mm-hmm. runs all the way back to deliver this and they're like, thanks, bye. And finally, you know, Al Harrison shows up with a, with a key card and is like, come on in. But John Glenn makes something, he's supposed to make like six or nine rotations around the earth before he mm-hmm. re-enters. And so they get about three rotations in and there's a problem. They think a warning light comes on and they think that the heat shield is uh yeah they think it's going to fail or it's going to fall off if they leave them up there too long yeah right and so they're a little worried they said you know what 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 should we do and so they they go through some of the protocols with him and then um Catherine's in the room and so she knows that Mary Jackson her very good friend you know she Mary Jackson suggested that they add more um heft to some of these straps that are in that are on a package that they were supposed to deploy. And they said, don't, don't, don't do that. Leave them on because that the, the strength in these straps are going to hold the heat shield on. Um, mm-hmm. And she says they will hold, she's done all the calculations in her head. And of course, Mary Jackson is in the room and, you know, Dorothy Vaughn is in the car listening on the radio and they're all kind of saying these same things together and they listen to Catherine and they go ahead and tell him not to deploy those, um, I, I, this package that yeah, I guess he's supposed to deploy in order to re-enter. Um, but there's a couple of minutes of silence that um, where, where you actually were entering the atmosphere and there's a lot of disturbance in the radio so they can't really hear him so they hear things Mm -hmm. like i hear you know i see a ball of fire uh, (laughs) and then it kind of goes silent for two minutes and it's really terrifying because you think he doesn't he doesn't make it but then he ends up going through with with uh without a hitch he was really scared and it must have been really terrifying for him to do it uh in real life but uh it looks like the those um those struts or whatever was around them the binders held Mm -hmm. 
you know, they held, he made it back safely and uh, that was good. And, you know, Al Harrison kind of looks at Catherine and he just asks her, you know, do you think we can get to the moon and kind of leaves that hanging there. Um, so yeah, you get kind of some insight as to what her, you know, next project she's going to be working on. Uh, Dorothy finally gets her promotion. Now she is the supervisor of the IBM uh, lab or computer room or whatever there, you know, so that's a really great moment. And uh, that's kind of where the film ends, right? It's on a very high note. All, you know, all of these uh, brilliant women, you know, got uh, what was, you know, <laughs> definitely rightfully theirs to begin with, but they, you know, finally got some of the uh, accreditation, uh, acknowledgement of their mm -hmm. their acts and things. So we find out, you know, that Mary uh, ultimately became the first the first uh, female engineer at NASA, uh, which is great. And Dorothy was the first department supervisor at NASA. And Catherine, you know, went on to work on the Apollo Eleven mission, which is you know Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, uh, and she ended up winning the a Medal of Freedom, uh, which is pretty awesome. And now you can go to the Katherine Johnson building on the NASA campus because they named the math lab after her, uh, which is also pretty they good. They sure did. They sure did. And it's really awesome. I, I need to dig up a picture because I think I, I think I, uh, I think I have a picture of me in front of it. Um, women who do math are pretty awesome. It's amazing. It's very heartfelt at the end because you see there, you know, the actors who play them and then pictures of the real women mm -hmm. um, and, you know, them while they were in the program in the 60s. And then as they've gotten older, um, you know, they're, I, I, you know, Catherine Johnson, she passed away um, pretty recently, actually. And so it's, uh, it's a testament to, you know, really all the things that um, happened in someone's lifetime and all the things that they had to fight um, in mm -hmm. order to get um, to where they were and really to do the good work that now we're going to Mars, you know, we've, we, we just had a space launch um, from a private company, right, that is not government based at all. Um, and, you know, it's probably going to be within our lifetimes that we're going to be going uh, to space if you are super rich and, and, and want to do that. Um, yep. And that was something that was just only, you know, dreamed about in sci-fi movies and science fiction stories. Um, for years and years and it's it's very close to becoming a reality and it's because of the hard work of great minds that again should should not have had to deal with all the extra crap that they had to deal with um, because of the color of their skin or their sex right because um, mm -hmm. it was in many cases some of these some of these scenes were not just about their the color of their skin but also the fact that they were women and so that's why the 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 title hidden figures is so mm -hmm. special because in my ignorance, I did not know that any of these people existed until yeah. this film came out. Um, so it's really important. And as a woman who, got, you know, a woman who does math, um, I thought it was really, really awesome. Yeah, and done in a beautiful way. Yeah, it's it's a really really good story, and uh, definitely deserved the light that was shown on it. Um, this was adapted from a book for, of the uh, same title. Um, so you can check that out if you're a reader. I would imagine it probably gets more into the details of like the actual uh, things that they were, you know, working working on, you know, in a little bit uh, more detail than you're able to get into in this film. But yeah, it's it's presented really well. The acting is 
fantastic and uh the story is really good so Michaela this came out in 2016 um and it was nominated for some Oscars so I assumed that you probably watched it um in that year as part of your uh, Oscar watch and your uh, love of math watch yes yes I did um yeah I, I I watched it in 2016 when it came out and I, I have to say it, it it's one of those that I think just gets better with time um you know, Moonlight won that year. And that was the year where everyone thought La La Land won and then Moonlight won. It was a big <laughs> kerfuffle at the Oscars. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when you see, you know, in 20 years when people are looking at films, this is going to be ki- kind of like um, the Shawshank Redemption of its year, right? Where mm-hmm. um, it didn't win but it did so much for so many people and inspired so many people and really changed people's paradigms because it really challenged what people thought about racism. Uh, everybody that I've talked to um, really liked it because it, it, it had a different take on it and it didn't, it, it, without, I don't know, I'm probably not going to say this in any way that's eloquent, but I, I really, I just think it took a very different view of the struggle that people had to deal with in that time. Mm-hmm. And it was a different take on it where it wasn't just, um, you know, uh, you know, Martin Luther King or anything like that. And all of those things are important. I'm not, I'm not saying that I, but I think that this was just a really interesting take and it helped my own education as a mm-hmm. person of privilege. Right. And I think that even people who um, are like Vivian's character who are like, I'm not part of the problem have to realize that, you know, what you permit, you promote. And if you don't stand up and, you know, really get yourself and look at um, what you're willing to put up with, then you, you kind of are, you, not kind of, you are a part of the problem, right? And it's up to us to, to do something about it. So yeah. What about you? Did you see it in 2016? So I had, I had not, this was always something that I had kind of intended to watch, but I just, I just never had it kind of slipped through the cracks on my movie watching radar so um so this was actually the first time that I had seen it um when I watched it you know here for for this but yeah it's it's really excellent like I mentioned the the acting is great and the story is great and the uh subject matter is really important now this is rated uh PG um it's a little over two hours so it's a little bit long but yeah definitely it's you know, good for, for your kids to watch, you know, probably important for, you know, kids of all ages, especially if you have, uh, you know, young uh, daughters and nieces and things, this is very inspiring for them, I would think. Um, so definitely one to check out with the kiddos and one to check out, you know, with the whole family. It's, it's really good, really well done, really important stuff. Um, like you said, it kind of, it kind of gets into the, the day in, day out of, what it was like for, you know, uh, people of color and, you know, women of color to live in this world and try to work in this world and try to get ahead in the world, you know, back at, back in the sixties and, you know, still to this day. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We picked this, remember, so we're in July. Um, so all of the movies that we picked for the month of July are, are supposed to be very patriotic movies, right? So we did Independence Day because it was, uh, it was all about fighting aliens as a world. And this is, this film really made me proud of, um, the work that some of my, my countrymen and women did in order to, uh, 
to advance us in the space program and just, you know, as a human, a group of humans. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it's tough because it's not all pride that I feel when I watch this film, certainly. Um, but I, I do think it's one of the more important films and it's, it's, it's important to know our history as a, as America, right? Um, and yep. anybody, I've, we've got a lot of listeners who are, are not American listening, but this, this is an important, it's important that, you know, we don't forget um, what it took for us to get here today. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, give this one a watch if you've never watched it. Um, and if you have, let us know what you think about it. And if you make a Catherine, uh, because you should, um, even if you're not a big Black Lookerish fan, you should uh, give it a try and see what you think. So if you do that, make sure you tag us in pictures of it on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drinkthemovies and on facebook.com slash drinkthemovies. If you want to get the copy of the recipe that we made, pictures of the ones that we made, uh, recaps of the shows, that sort of thing, you can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And while you're online, you should uh, go by and leave us a podcast review. Michaela, where should they do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. If uh, we'd love it, if you'd subscribed and if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review because that helps us get the drink, the movie stuff out there. We're really grateful for all the listeners and the love that we've gotten. Um, We've got some really cool stuff planned. So please uh, subscribe so you don't miss either um, our weekly drink, the movies or our lobby bar, because that's really awesome too. Yeah, definitely. So right now I finished my Catherine, but I think in honor of these three ladies, uh, we should probably mix up another one. What do you think? I think we should do three, right? One for Catherine, one for Dorothy, and one for Mary Jackson. Okay, I guess uh, three it is. So we're going to go mix those up and we will catch everyone next time on Drink Drink the Movies. The Movies.